morning. Oh, my, 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 what a strong presence of the Lord. If it were not for the instruction of the Lord to bring the word, I think we would have just camped out with this all day and just let him pour into us, which wouldn't have been a bad thing, I don't think. If you're a guest here today, my name's Josh. I get the privilege of pastoring this church, which means that I'm lead servant here at the church. Take that very seriously. Jesus was a servant, and I believe if you're going to model his leadership, you should serve. Um, I think any leadership that seeks to be served rather than serve is satanic in nature, and you ought to avoid it, just to be honest with you. Um, and I'm so glad that y'all are here today on a, on a weekend where so many people are traveling. I know we've got quite a few people sick, so we just pray healing over all of them. Um, if you're not here today and you're not feeling 100%, we just speak healing over you. So glad that you're here, though. My goodness gracious. Big welcome to everyone watching online. I hope that you're feeling the presence of God in your home or wherever you are like we're feeling it here. Can we give a big welcome to everyone joining us online this morning? Thank you all so much. Um, as we're speaking right now, uh, messages from previous weeks are going out on the radio, on the Radio Condry Network. What a blessing that's been to see God give us a platform to reach people because it's all about reaching people for him you know um well i tell you I, i'm so excited about the what the lord is is doing in this church in this place we got a lot going on so let's dive into this message today we're going to continue our series on savage jesus have y'all been enjoying this series so far those of us that have been here i'm telling you this is a great great series a great great study um, Jesus was not the limp-wristed, soft-spoken, lamb-petting guy that we get presented so often, man. Jesus was all of that, but he was about as strong as a person could be. I mean, you know about a man's man, Jesus was a man's man. If you flip over tables that weigh about 600 pounds, you got something to you, you know? Um, Jesus didn't play. Some of the most harshest words ever spoken in history were spoken by Jesus. Mr. Lovey Dovey, he, he would rebuke and correct, I mean, to a pinpoint accuracy on an issue and then restore with a gentlest of hand. I mean, he was, he was savage in what he did. There was, the world and culture was one way up until Jesus. And after Jesus, it was completely different. He changed everything. He didn't just die for the sins of all humanity. That would have been enough. But he flipped the script on how social dynamics operated. It, it, it was nothing for people to own other people as slaves. And that was common in the world up until Jesus pointed out that that was junk and everybody has the same value in the eyes of God as children of God. Women were treated as less than, less than possessions, really, basically like pets. And then Jesus came along and was spoke to a Samaritan woman at the well. And in other instances, he gave value to women and destroyed that model because we're all children of God. He bucked up against religious structure and introduced an authentic relationship with the one true God. He destroyed racism. He destroyed classism. It all was normal until Jesus showed up preaching the values of the kingdom of heaven and it all changed. He was savage with what he did in his life. And he did it in a little over three years. It's amazing what 
he was able to do. Um, I want to look at today another powerful thing in the life of Jesus and his interaction with people. And, you know, with Jesus, it's not so much what he said, that would be enough, but it's what he did while he was saying these things that just blew things off the chart crazy. And if you dig in a little bit and peel back some of the layers and see what he did while he said what he said, some of these things are just life-changing revelation. And I hope this speaks to you the way that it spoke to me this week as I was praying and preparing for this. Um, John chapter 8. John chapter 8, starting in verse 2. If you want to go there on your tablets or your devices, or if you brought the good old-fashioned book and paper Bible flipped there, um, I still like to dig into that. Uh, we have the message notes available on version. also. If you pull up the Bible app, you can um, see the message notes there. For you guys that are at home watching online, that might benefit you to be able to follow along with what's going on. Starting in verse 2, it says, At dawn, he, he being Jesus, appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people were gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. Can you imagine what that would have been like? like I've heard good preaching in my life. I, I've heard guys just break down the Bible in a way like it was the first time I had ever heard a passage of Scripture and just, just lightning bolt revelation hitting me. You know, I, I've had those moments where people were teaching the Word of God and I just saw a whole side of God through His Word and their teaching that I'd never seen before. But can you imagine what it would be like to be in the room when Jesus was teaching? I mean, you had the Word of God in the flesh, teaching the Word of God, oh my gosh, it just doesn't get any better than that. You know, that's why, one of the reasons why the Pharisees couldn't stand Jesus so much was because of the power and authority that he taught with. In fact, the people said, hey, we like this guy because when he teaches, it's not like the other teachers that we have. He teaches with authority and with power. And when you're speaking of yourself, out of yourself, revealing yourself, I think there's a whole nother level to it, to be honest with you. And then Jesus was, a, I just couldn't imagine what it would be like to be there. That would just be cool to go back in time and just be a fly on the wall and hear some of the stuff that Jesus said in the room. So Jesus is teaching to these people and breaking it down. And all these people were gathered around him. He sat down to teach and the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. Leave it to religion to always interrupt something that the Spirit of God is trying to do. So here they come, and they made her stand before the group. Now some of you might be familiar with this story of this woman that's caught in adultery, and you probably know the end of the story and how it turns out, but we're going to break this down a little bit today, and I want you to pay attention to what Jesus says and what Jesus does, there's just so much to chew on here. you guys with me this morning? Yeah. If you're ready to go further with this, let me hear you go, whoop, whoop. whoop, whoop. Okay, here we go. So, so she was caught in adultery. Y'all know what that means? Yeah. I mean, it, she was caught in the act. While it was going down, they came in there 
got her and removed her. Isn't that crazy? We, we overlook that sometimes, but what, what an abrupt transition. <laughs> Just keeping it PG. I mean, you know what I mean? You go from the sweet kiss of temptation to the bitter taste of condemnation just like that. And it's crazy how sometimes our sin can lead us to a point and then the consequences of that sin are sudden and abrupt. She had a wake-up call of all wake-up calls. And not only did she get caught in the act, which would be embarrassing enough, right? I mean, that would be embarrassing enough. Um, she gets brought out in front of the group that was there with Jesus. So not only is she embarrassed on one level, she gets drug out in front of everybody, including Jesus. They put her on display. Now, there's debate on whether or not she was actually clothed when this happened. But just for our mental image sake, let's say she's got a sheet over her. All right? They drag her out in front of this group of people and publicly accuse her. I don't know if you've ever been caught before doing something you weren't supposed to do. I know some of y'all, and I know there's a lot of criminal record and community service represented in this place and probably on, online, so, so we know a little bit about that. Welcome to Eastgate Church. You're in the right place. I promise you, I promise you you're in the right place. You, you know what it's like to be caught, though? Like, anytime I see uh, a picture of a cop or I see an image like this in my rearview mirror, <clears throat> It, it makes you feel a certain kind of way, right? Yeah, like even now, I'm watching y'all start to fudge around just a little bit, looking at that. I get it. Y'all don't like the stainless steel bracelets that you get with these guys. I, I get that. I just... Have you ever gone a little over the speed limit? I've gone a little over the speed limit. I've gone a lot over the speed limit. Have, I mean, an easy way to ask this question, have you ever driven on 285? You know what I mean? Like, if you go to the speed limit on 285 or even some of the other interstates around Atlanta, you're going to get run over, right? Uh, you, you will. People will drive like crazy. And then when it rains, the liquid stupid falls from the sky. It's like the average driver's IQ drops by 20 points. I don't know what the deal is with that. So, but, but you see this. I got pulled over one time, two times, three. I've been pulled over a few times for going a little too fast. Because I'm like Ricky Bobby, I want to go fast. Um, and I got pulled over. Somebody says shake and bake. I love y'all. This is great. I'm praying for you. That's a horrible movie. But it's, so, um, I got pulled over, and I knew all these other guys were speeding more than me. I was going like five, sometimes ten over. But I'm getting, I'm getting passed by people going ten over the speed limit like I'm tied to a stump. And I'm like, really? You got me? That guy's doing at least 90, boom, you know, and a 65, and you pull me over and I'm rocking 74. What is the deal? You know what I mean? Maybe I was easier to catch. I don't know. Maybe it was just my day. I'm not going to lie. I have driven in excessive speeds and safe conditions, so maybe I had it coming. I don't know, but my point is that there were other people there that could have got caught too. But they didn't. Why do we 
put so much attention on the people that get caught. You know what I mean? And they, they drag this guy, or they, they drag this woman in, in front of everyone. And, and by the way, it, what happened to the guy that she was with? You know what I mean? Boy, the women are getting a little rowdy here. It takes two to tango, right? It takes two to tango. I mean, what, what, what happened? Why is she the only one up there? Why didn't they drag his rear end up there? You know, why, what, what, what was the deal? Maybe he was a person of political stature. Maybe, I don't know. Um, I know in the culture of the day, if they were going to punish one of the two, it was going to be the woman nine times out of ten and not the man. That's part of what Jesus destroyed. So I'm telling you, Jesus did more for women's rights than marching and protesting ever could. I'm telling you. Um, so, so she's up there, the one caught, being made subject to the court of public opinion now. Now it's out in the open. I guess one thing to, like, get maybe a couple of people be aware of something and then you got to deal with it within that group and they give accountability and you get restored and work through your stuff. And it is, it's something completely different, though, when it's on display for everybody. Like, her, the way people see her is never going to be the same again. It's changed. Boy, have you ever had your stuff get out in a public way? And let people get a hold of that. It's brutal, isn't it? Let's just be honest. It, it is brutal. That court of public opinion, it doesn't matter whether you did it or not. When they get a hold of it, man, the stories go wild. You are guilty until you're proven innocent. People will talk about you and run you through the mud, and you don't get to say anything on your own behalf, do you, to put out the fire. That's just how it works. It's not Fair. Am I talking to anybody? I know y'all are looking all pretty. You, know, just saying. You, you had your stuff put out there, and it can't come back. This is what's going on here. They make this public display of her. And in verse 4, they said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman, here it is again, was caught in the act of adultery. Let the music play in the background. Bum, bum, bum. Didn't even have a name, this lady. Known by what she got caught doing. Caught in the act. And then they drop this bomb. They, they say, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Not people who do this kind of stuff. Such women. Not her, such women. Let's go ahead and put the labels on. And then they turn it and they say, now, what do you say? Now, they were using this question to try to trap him in order to have a basis for accusing him. That was their motive behind it. She was a tool to set the trap is what was going on here. So they really didn't care about what was going on with her so much as they were very focused on baiting Jesus, which is a bad plan. I mean, it's just a bad plan. But they kind of had him in a way because they said, no, the law says we have to do this. She's got to die. They were so rigid. They were so ready to do 
what by the letter of the law needed to be done. They, they, they caught her in the act, but they didn't know her story. You know what I mean? Like, it's easy sometimes to jump into quick judgment on somebody because you see the act or you see what they get caught doing. But you don't know the whole story. You don't know what's going on. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not saying that we're not accountable for our actions. And I'm not even saying <clears throat> that it's okay to sin. The Bible is real clear. And, and Romans chapter 6 is very clear. It says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? I'm not talking about lowering the standard of the word of God. I'm not talking about lowering the standard of holiness that he set. But, but, but there's a certain perspective that you have to have in order to see things full circle. And cut and dry letter of the law is not always the right point of view. Why are we so quick to judge? I mean, they were there <clears throat> with their rocks, ready to rock and roll. Now, biblically speaking, we don't know if everyone in the crowd there had the rock. Now, for theatrical purposes, when you watch these movies, you'll see everybody there with rocks. Let's kill her. Burn her. She's a witch. She turned me into a newt. You know, all of this stuff. <laughs> But that's not really how it played out. We don't even know if anyone there actually had stones. Some theologians will think, you know, probably for those that were accusing her, they may have shown up with stones in the hand to lead the way and get her out. So for our purposes today, just my opinion, I think they probably did show up just to drive the point home. They're so ready to hurl these rocks at her. They didn't know her story. I mean... When I read this, the experience has taught me to ask questions. Like, who was this woman? Why was she there? Why was she committing adultery with this person? I mean, is she having an abusive marriage? Was she neglected by her husband? Was she even married? Maybe the guy was and she wasn't. Maybe they were both married. There's a lot of questions I have for stuff like this, and the Bible doesn't always fill in all of those blanks. I mean, what happened in her life? What happened in her life to get her to that point? Because you don't just wake up one day and say, "Wow, the weather's nice. This coffee's pretty good. I think I'm going to have an affair today." Yeah, it's a good day for committing some adultery. You know what I mean? You don't do that. I wonder what happened. I just, I was in an inner city camp, uh, doing an inner city camp in Atlanta in my early twenties, and I did a lot of a lot of ministry there for a little while, and it was great. But these kids, man, whew, Lord have mercy, behavior problems didn't even begin to scratch the surface. And I was having trouble with, particularly with a group of about four or five of them. And you try to love them and give direction, but man, sometimes kids are just going to be buckwild crazy, and you got to herd the cats and having an issue with them. And I was just about to let them have it. And one of the guys who was doing the the camps with me said, "Hey, man, before you go off on them, 
let me tell you why they might be doing this. Okay? Turns out their parents were drug addicts. Turns out their drug addict parents didn't have the money to get the drugs they were addicted to. Turns out the drug addict parents prostituted out their kids in exchange for the drugs or the money to get the drugs that they needed. That's the home life that those kids had. That's what they were in the process of coming out of. You know what? I think it's okay to a little misbehave just a little bit. You don't know till you know the full story. I mean, she had to have hope. She had to have dreams, this woman. What happened along the way? You know what? A drug addict never wakes up and says, Hey, you know what? I want to be addicted to drugs and throw away my life. An alcoholic never says, Man, I, I just want to throw it all away. It, there's steps to get us to the place that we're at in life. And that had to take place in her life too. You know, Maybe the better approach... Instead of being so quick to drag someone out on public display and throw the stones at them, whether they got caught or not, whether they did it or not, is to just shut our mouths and lift them up in prayer because you might not know the whole story. And maybe one day you'll need the grace that you could be showing to them. So quick to throw these stones. They were so ready to put her down. And I, I get it. That's how religion operates. And honestly, that's to, to throw them a bone, that's all they ever knew. That's how they were raised. That's what they grew up in. It's the letter of the law. Now, their motive was jacked up because they were trying to trap Jesus. But religion is, is horrible. This is what I know about religion. Religion exempts itself and condemns others. It exempts itself and condemns others. See, it's only in church where religious people can say, I'm so glad I'm not gay, while they gossip and slander other people in the church. Last time I checked, sin was sin. Now, I'm not saying the homosexual lifestyle is something you condone, but what I'm saying is if it's sin, it's sin. You know what I mean? It, it's only in church where we, we can say, I'm so glad that I am not going through the divorce like they're going through the divorce. And then you be the woman who says that and then manipulates and controls your husband instead of letting him be the head of the household. See, man, I picked a great Sunday to show up. I'm just telling you. It's just, it's, it's crazy. What, religion will exempt itself from the rules while condemning other people. This is the other thing I know about religion, and this is crazy. It's always against something and not for something. It's always against something. It's never for something. It's always, we're boycotting this. We're against this. We don't like this. Christians don't do this. And it's been my experience that an authentic relationship with God motivates you to do things, not just sit back and criticize and be against things. 
Another thing I know about religion is that it tries to control others and put them in a box of personal preference. It's another thing that it does. They, they like to get cookie cutters and just... Now, as long as you fit in the parameters of my cookie cutter, you're a Christian. Now, and don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying there's exemptions to the Word of God. Um, but there are moments in time where God shows mercy to those that don't deserve it. Thank God for that. And if we are all honest, but for the mercy of God, none of us would be here today. But for the mercy of God, we would all get what we deserve instead of what Jesus provided. You know what I mean? It, and, and so religious mindsets, religious people, they, they operate this way. And this is more what Jesus is coming up against. It's not so much the issue of right or wrong here, that she did commit adultery by the law. She did deserve to be stoned to death. She deserved to die. Caught red-handed, condemned by the letter of the law. Jesus was not so much concerned, though, with the letter of the law. It wasn't an issue of right or wrong. It was an issue of condemnation or grace. Jesus flips the situation and turns it into one of the greatest sermon illustrations of all time. John chapter 8, going at verse 6. It says, they were using this as a trap in order to have basis for accusing him. Because if he said, no, don't follow the law, then now he was a heretic and they could prosecute him. They thought they had him in a corner. By letter of the law, they had him, to be honest with you. And then Jesus does something that's just absolutely mind-blowing to me. He just doesn't give a flying rip. The Bible says he just, yeah, gets down and starts drawing in the sand. And ignores them. Just doodling away. There's a lot of a lot of talk about what Jesus was doing, and there's some people say, well, he was writing down the sins of all the people that were accusing her. Maybe. Maybe he was drawing stick people. I don't know. Don't know for sure. Don't know for sure. Sends down, writing in the sand. They can't stand it. The Bible says that um, they keep questioning him. And then finally he straightens up and talks to them. It, it's, it's funny. It's like my wife has this gift that I don't have. She has this switch she can flip that shuts off the voices of our children. I don't know if y'all can relate with this, ladies. I don't, I don't have this gift. And it's weird because one of our children can whimper across the house in the middle of the night thunderstorm, whatever, all kinds of noise. My wife whoosh, will jump up. She heard it. Mom's in action. She's going to take care of it. And then she'll tell me about it in the morning, usually. And then we can be at the table having breakfast or whatever, 
And the kids say, Mom. 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 Mommy. Mom. Mama. Mom. Mama. Mom. Mom. Mommy. Mom. 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 Doesn't hear it. I'm freaking out. I'm not twitching over here. Just, just answer. What, what do you need? Well, you're not mama. You don't count. I got to talk to mama. 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 And then finally, Kelly will just go, yeah. She can just shut. Jesus, in my mind, is doing this with these people. You know, he's like, yeah, whatever. I'm going to doodle in the sand. They persist. And then he goes, what? And then he drops. And, and we can probably all quote this because, I mean, as a Christian, you've got to have this in your back pocket to defend yourself against everybody else, right? He says, let any of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And then he just dukes back down, starts doodling in the dirt again. And ignores them. It's like a mic drop moment. So she got caught. Just because you didn't? Does that mean that you're exempt from the same judgment you're trying to enforce on her? They didn't know what to do with this. They're all there like, let's get her. And he's like, okay, whichever one of you has never sinned, not just is without sin today, but has never sinned in your life, you go ahead and throw the first stone. And Jesus knew none of them were qualified. In fact, out of all the people there, Jesus was the only one perfect and qualified to throw the stone. He could have he picked up a rock collection and just beamed everybody there in the head if he wanted to. <laughs> to be honest with you, he's throwing, they, they want to chunk these stones. Jesus, he, he, he says, yeah. He starts drawing on the ground again. Verse 9 says, At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time. Yeah, I bet so. Can you imagine? They thought they had him cornered and trapped. He just starts drawing in the dirt and drops a line. I like that it says that they all began to go away one at a time. <laughs> the older ones first. <laughs> I like that. They knew. It's like, ah, man, you know what? This is checkmate. Y'all keep trying. I already know. I done lived enough life. This is over with. In verse 10, it says, Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you. He didn't just say it. It says Jesus declared it. Go now and leave your life of sin. So he extended mercy and grace and still brought accountability to the standard. So I'm going to let you go, but you've got to change it. I like that. Then I'm looking at this workout that Jesus is doing here. And I'm wondering what's going on with this. Because like, they bring this woman up in front of the group and accuse her. And say what she's guilty of. And Jesus just stoops down. And starts writing. In front of the woman. In front of them. In front of the crowd. He's writing. And then he gets back up. He addresses them. 
Okay, if you got no sin, you throw the rock. Then he gets back down and starts doodling again. While one at a time, they begin to leave. Theatrical effect, they'd all be dropping the rocks right there, you know. They got nothing to throw at her. funny that she ended up alone with Jesus her accusers left alone with Jesus which is where she needed to be anyway you know and I got news for you it doesn't matter what you got caught or not caught doing or with getting alone with Jesus is always a solution always a solution so he's down, he's up, he's down, and she's there by herself now. Jesus gets back up. Finally clicks with me this week while he's doing what he's doing. It, it, it mentions twice that Jesus kneeled down in front of her, in front of them, and begins to write in the sand. And then... I do a little bit of digging and I find that, oh my gosh, this is, this is absolutely amazing on so many different levels. Because not only is Jesus extending this woman grace that she doesn't deserve and silencing her accusers, but when he kneels down to write in the sand in front of her, He's doing something that as a Jewish man at that time, you don't do in front of a woman. For any reason. Ever. You don't bend down in front of a woman and take that posture for anything. Because to bend down and stoop down with your body language says, I'm lowering myself beneath you. And putting you in a position above me. I am showing honor and reverence to you. He didn't just do it once, he did it twice. So that someone would pay attention to what was going on. It's not just what Jesus says, but what Jesus does. He humbled himself in the midst of accusers and acquitted this woman of what she was guilty of by putting her in a place above himself. No wonder nobody knew what to say. Jesus was giving them a one-two combo. One, they, they knew they were sinning their life. They couldn't do anything about that. But now there's this teacher who's humbling himself, not just in front of a woman, but someone caught in the very act of adultery who should die. Jesus shouldn't even be in proximity to this woman. And here he is doing what he does. And he says, I don't condemn you. Go and leave your life of sin. 
Now, the law didn't go away. The law still the law. The price was going to have to be paid for her sin, but it wasn't going to be paid that day. He would pay that later for her and die for the forgiveness of what she did that day. They brought her there to accuse her. They brought her there to kill her. But what they didn't realize they were doing was that they brought her there to have an encounter with Jesus. Jesus wasn't surprised that a sinner would sin. Let me say that again. Jesus wasn't surprised that a sinner would sin. You know what? He's not surprised when you make a mistake either. of what's happening here just blows me away because not only is he forgiving someone that doesn't deserve to be forgiven not only is he like literally speaking the gospel he's acting it out because Jesus did come and humble himself before humanity humbled himself and died to death on a cross he paid the price for your sin and for my sin and for that woman's sin And not only did he do that, but three days later he rose from the dead with the keys of death, hell, and the grave, 100% victorious. He humbled himself. It, It is amazing to me what Jesus is doing here, and something beautiful happens in this moment. That the stones that were meant to condemn her became an altar of transformation. That powerful so what we take away from this um, we all we all got issues we all got stuff that we're working through we're all probably going to have to deal with accusation we're all going to have to deal with the court of public Opinion. We're all going to have to deal with all of that stuff. There's going to be plenty of rocks and stones picked up and thrown at us or brought before us. Sometimes the worst stones, though, are the ones that we carry around ourselves and keep beating ourselves up with over and over and over and over again. And I'm not going to pretend to know everybody here this morning, but this is what I know. There are things that happen along the way to get you to where you are today. And I know the enemy would try to stand in front of you and condemn you and catch you in the act and point his finger of accusation, say that you're not worthy, to say that you're a failure, to say that you're never going to get it together. And you know what? Maybe on one hand, in and of yourself, doing it yourself, maybe he's right. But with Jesus, everything changes. It's funny because with Jesus, the truth that the devil speaks becomes a lie. 
Yeah, we're guilty. Yeah, we deserve to be condemned. Yeah, we blew it. Yeah, we'll never, we'll never reach God's standard of perfection or holiness on our own. Yeah, it's true. But for the cross of Jesus, see, that's a lie. Oh, you're talking about me before Jesus. See, if I go to God and I talk about me before Jesus and I talk about my mistakes and my sins, he's going to look at me and say, what are you talking about? I've already cast that as far away from me as the east is from the west. I have forgotten it. I don't know what you're talking about. You must be talking about somebody else. See, when the blood of Jesus cleanses you, he cleanses you 100%. Some of us need to be healed up here and healed right here because we're carrying around, listen to me, illegitimate accusations against ourselves. I love that the stones became an altar. Maybe that can be the case with us today. That's funny, like with me personally, so I was preparing for this. Man, God just started ripping stuff out of me this past week. It was amazing to see what he was doing in me. And I'm hoping that for us here today, he'll do the same. If you're throwing stones at others, can you hear me? Just stop. Just stop. Just stop. Now you can hold someone accountable and encourage them with the truth. But there's one Holy Spirit and it's His job to convict. Alright, there's already one accuser of the brethren. He doesn't need any help. So stay in your lane and encourage people with love. And maybe live the example and lifestyle that you're expecting them to live themselves. I said that good, didn't I? That was lovely. I said that with love. That was loving. If you're here today and someone could chunk some stones and it's there in front of you, maybe you got caught, maybe it's exposed, maybe you're processing through it right now, the best place you can be is alone with Jesus. And if you're carrying the stones for yourself, against yourself, listen, it's just a great day to take all of that stuff and lay it down in the presence of God. I love that instead of tossing a stone, Jesus extended a hand and brought her to himself. One of the most powerful encounters you're ever going to find in the New Testament between Jesus and an individual. And the echoes of it are still affecting us today. Bow your heads and close your eyes if you would. Father, I just ask that you speak to us right now in this moment. Lord, that you speak to our hearts. God, that all defenses would go down in this moment. 
Lord, we wouldn't treat today like every other moment where we've had an encounter like this where we bury things deep and say we'll deal with it later. Lord, let today be the day that it gets dealt with. We take these stones, we take these rocks, we lay them down before you, that we get along with you, that we turn back to you. Your head's bowed and your eyes closed, no one looking around. Are there stones in your life that you need to turn into an altar today? I know that sounds so churchy, but it's just about as true as it gets. Are you one that likes to throw stones at others? Are you in a season now where the stones are being thrown at you? Or are you here this morning and you're the one who is beating yourself over and over again with the issues and the failures? Regardless, it's time, it's time to take those stones build an altar and let Jesus do his work heads bowed eyes closed no one looking around if you're here today you say Pastor Josh I got that stuff to deal with the Lord's put his finger on something and the message today and it needs to be dealt with in the presence of God you've got some stuff you've got some stuff that needs to be put down today when I count to three, if that's you, I want you to lift your eyes up and look at me. I want to pray for all of us today. I want this to be a powerful moment of change for us today. Don't let this moment get away from you. Here we go. If that's you on the count of three, lift your eyes and look at me. You know right now, don't let the enemy talk you out of it. Here we go. One, two, three. Three, lift your eyes and look at me. I see yours, yours, I see yours, I see yours, I see yours, I see yours. Eyes are going up all over this place. Let's all stand to our feet this morning. I think God's speaking to a lot of us. I think it's time to let that stuff go, yeah? This is what I want to do. I'm going to have the band fire up and we're going to spend a little bit of time in worship. This is what I want. I can't make anybody do this stuff, but this is what I know. There's something about stepping out and taking action in a moment that drives things home. And if you responded, and the majority of us did, just to be honest with you, and you want to come lay down this stuff symbolically today, at the altar I'm going to open up this altar for anybody and everybody who wants to come up and just be in the presence of God and let him love on you let him restore you let him do the healing work in your life let him take those rocks and turn them into altars in your life I'm going to count to three and if you need to come on up I always count to three because it gives somebody a starting point you know what I mean everybody waits for everybody else don't do that man don't do that just respond and let Jesus be Jesus. Can we do that? One, two, three. Come on up if you need to. Come on up if you need to. Let's let God do His work in our lives today.
powerful, powerful moment. Like, I don't, I don't care what you're doing in here. I don't care if you're on task in the media booth. I don't care if you're in the band. I don't care what. If you need to respond to this, respond to this and let God do something in your life. all lift up our hands. You're worthy, Lord Jesus. Now I'll say this, if you feel led to come pray with someone that's up here, I'll give you the green light. We all have our gifts. All I say is just don't do anything that would distract them from being in the presence of God. We can get some prayer warriors to come pray with these people. That'd be awesome. Let's just worship the Lord. He's so worthy. He's so worthy. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the truth of your word today. God, for the reminder of your grace and your mercy, the standard of your law. But, Lord, that you give mercy to those that don't deserve it, and I'm definitely in the front line on that. Who wouldn't be? Lord, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your restoration. Father, let there be healing in this place today. God, let these stones, let these rocks drop in your presence. Lord, if we have the habit of pointing the finger, let it change in us today. Remind us that we're all a process in the making, that we're all growing. Father, if it's that we've got a blatant area of our lives that needs to be dealt with, Father, then let it be dealt with today in your presence once and for all. Lord, we we release all of that to you in the name of Jesus. Father, if we're holding on to the past and just holding on to the mistakes that we've made, Lord, we let that stuff go in the name of Jesus. Let your grace flow in this place today, Father. Let your grace flow in this place, Lord Jesus. Let your grace flow in this place, Father. You're so worthy, Lord. You're so worthy, Father. All across this place, let's just lift up our hands again. Let's worship Him. Let's worship Him. Worthy, Lord. Worthy, Father. Worthy Lord. Let it all come down in the name of Jesus. Let it all come down in the name of Jesus. Some of you, the Lord is pulling out some deep rooted stuff right now. This isn't the first attempt. This is your second, third, and fourth attempt. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, let this work be complete. Let it be, let this seed be planted in good soil today. Lord, not exposed to the weeds to be choked out, not exposed to the sun to be killed off, the distractions of life or the future lies of the enemy, because once he has an area of weakness that he knows is there, he will come back over and over again until he sees that it has been taken care of. Lord, let it be taken care of today with finality, Lord. 
Let these issues be resolved in your presence. Lord, we are who you say we are. Not who others say we are. Not who the enemy says we are. We are who you say we are. And the things in our past are the things in our past. They're not the anchor that holds us back. Lord, they become the tool and the testimony that you use to set other people free. Some of you need to stop resenting the past and praising God that you've got a toolbox full of tools now to set people free for the kingdom of God. You're not hindered down. You're well equipped for the calling that He's placed on your life. Father, I thank you for what you're doing this place today Father if we've had a religious spirit where we point fingers at others Lord we repent of that right now somewhere along the way good intentions took a wrong turn and we ended up in a place of judgmental spirit attitude and critical spirit towards others Father we repent of that that's not your heart that's not the gospel that you lived and yes we should hold people accountable. Yes, we should speak the truth in love. But that's not what I'm speaking of, Lord. And I, I thank you for forgiveness. I thank you for forgiveness in this place for our hearts and our attitudes and for being so quick to judge and write people off when we don't know the whole story and we don't know what they've been through. We don't know what the enemy has engulfed and engaged them in and ensnared them in. We don't know. We don't know. But you know. So instead of criticizing, Father, we lift them up in prayer. Father, thank you for your forgiveness in this place. Thank you for your forgiveness for our sin. Regardless of what it looks like, Father, thank you for your forgiveness. We worship you in this place, Father. We worship you in this place, Father. Now let whom the Son sets free be free indeed be freedom, not just in this place, but in every heart in your presence, Father. We give you glory. We give you praise. In Jesus' powerful, powerful name. His powerful, powerful name. You're worthy, Lord Jesus. You are worthy in this place, Lord Jesus. You're worthy, Father. Lord Jesus. God, thank you for an altar. <laughs> thank you for an altar made up of rocks that the enemy tried to use against us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the truth of your word, for the power of your word, for the freedom that's in this place. You're worthy, Lord Jesus. You're worthy, Lord Jesus. Give God some praise in the house this morning. He's so worthy. He's so worthy. So worthy. Everybody say this after me. Say, if I'm free, I'm free indeed. Now, when the devil comes to lie to you about all this stuff, you tell him to shut up. You tell him to shut up. You're free. You're free. Amen. Let's praise God like we're free this morning.